You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. I want to welcome you to our study on converting your primary resources. Now, we started by talking about the first primary resource, which is labor. In all labor, there's profit, and that's where we all begin. These build on each other, and labor is the one that has to come first. You don't start out with all four primary resources. You begin with labor. But as you work, and as you work diligently, God adds wisdom to your labor. You will invariably ask yourself this question. There has to be a better way to do this. What is it? You will find better ways to do it, and you will find things that save you money, things that save you effort, things that make products better. The third element, and we've not discussed this one yet, but we will now, and it is the primary resource of product. Now, let me show you, and there are a number of verses that uh, echo this, but let me show you here uh, in uh, Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 1. Dishonest scales are an abomination to the Lord. Now, it's amazing how many people read just the first part of that verse and uh, and here's the attitude they come away with and the, their takeaway. See there, God hates it when people make money. People who sell things are just trying to get in your pocket. That is not what the Scripture says. Now listen to the whole verse. Dishonest scales are an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight, fair scales, a fair trade, is His delight. Now, this verse reveals how much God loves the principle of exchange. In other words, the Bible says God delights in fair exchanges. He loves healthy trade that is done equitably and fairly. The fact that God Himself hates it when people cheat in their business dealings reveals how much He has love for the honest process. In other words, God loves an honest trade. There is not one hint of His displeasure with trade in itself. In fact, He delights in mutually beneficial exchanges. Now, we touched on this earlier in the series, but I'm going to recap it here. We can see these symbiotic relationships in nature. We see it between humans and trees. We exhale carbon dioxide, which the trees need. They exhale oxygen, which we need. We see it with bees. They need the pollen. They need that to make their honey. But when they are traveling from plant to plant, they are fertilizing the plants or they're carrying pollen from a male plant to a female plant, and they're causing these plants to reproduce. That's a fascinating thing. Another animal that you might study, I, in fact, encourage you to Google this. It's that little fish that is often seen uh, floating around with bigger sea animals. It's the remora. It has a dorsal fin with suction cups that is designed by God, they, or they are designed by God, 
to attach to a larger marine animal. They can get right under the belly of a, a shark or of a dolphin or of a whale, and they attach to them because they need fast-moving water to feed themselves. The faster-swimming host provides fast-moving water that gives food, protection, and transportation. In turn, the remora removes parasites. It cannot survive in still water. So the remora is doing something for the bigger host, but the bigger host is doing something for the remora. Now, this is a fascinating study. This shows us how God puts partners together. Here's what makes a good partnership. A good partnership is not what happens when two people with exactly the same offering come to each other. It is when two people who have different skills come to another and one provides what the other one needs and vice versa. God is the designer of these symbiotic relationships, and he is delighted when we establish them. Therefore, product is the third primary resource. Now, product has to be created and it has to be sold in order to be beneficial. So rather than me getting up in the morning asking this question, where can I get my money? I should be asking this question. What can I do today to bless my fellow man? In other words, you need to learn to think, I have something that other people need. What is it? My first product, and it was a very beneficial product, it was to take my knowledge of how to teach children, how to recruit teachers, how to tell stories, how to have an effective puppet ministry, how to work puppets yourself, how to preach illustrated sermons, how you laid out the order of a class so that you didn't move from something really funny to something very serious. You needed to have a flow from the serious to the funny and vice versa. There is a pace of the class. There are things that people needed to know about how to teach kids. How do you know what kind of an attention span you're working with? Because kids have them. And if you violate them, if you teach 30 minutes to a group of 12-year-olds, you're wasting your time. 18 minutes or so of your lesson was completely worthless. You've got to learn how to gear your class to the group of people that you're teaching. And when you're dealing with preschoolers, you're talking about really short attention spans. One of my favorite things to do when I would teach children's workers how to teach children, I would ask them, how many different segments do you think there would be in a typical episode of Sesame Street? Some people would say five, some people would say ten. Almost nobody ever got it right, but it's at least 60. That means that at least once a minute, they are moving to something different. Now, that doesn't mean that everything was the average length of one minute. Some of the segments were only 10, 15 seconds, but they were there just to keep it moving, and it kept preschoolers interested because it respected their attention spans. Certain things could be done longer because they were more interesting. Other things had to be done quickly, shortly, because they weren't as interesting. I learned how to put all that together. 
Then I went by myself into our Christian school office during the Christmas holidays when everybody was gone and I knew it would be quiet. It was the deepest part of our building where there was likely to be no interruption. And I recorded into a reel-to-reel tape recorder all of my lessons. When I goofed up and made a mistake, I hit stop, I rewound it, and I waited to put my finger on record when I came to exactly the right spot. I had to edit on the fly because I had no help in recording these tapes. When I came up with these masters and took them to our bookstore, they cut me a deal, 50-50. It cost me me $12.50 to buy the six tapes and put them in an album, and then I was able to sell them for $25. So I got $12.50 for every one of those that I sold. I probably could have done better had I gone to another place, but I went with where I knew I could find favor, and these people did help me. So I got this done, and I began to sell these. It was the first product that I sold. First of all, it was a fair price. I wasn't even charging $5 a tape. I was making them very affordable. I was selling priceless instruction. It was the essence of my 12-session Bible college study course on children's ministry. And so they were able to get my course without having to come to Bible school. And I taught this and made it available to children's workers all over America. Here's how the Lord approached me with this. He said, you need money, but I have people all over America who are crying out to me every weekend asking me for help. How do I teach kids? They've been given charge of a Sunday school class. They have no idea what to do. You're going to go to them with these cassette tapes. So I provided something of value to those people. I wasn't taking advantage of them by selling them my products. And they were blessing me, and it was a fair exchange. Now, had I been charging four, $500, and had I done that, I would not have sold very many, but it would have not been a fair exchange. But what I did was a fair exchange, and it was fair in the minds of the people. In fact, people went away from experience with me thinking, I got a good deal. This blessed me, and it's going to bless my church. That's the reason that people gave me favor. When you cheat somebody because you make an inordinate amount of money in one business deal, you're hurting yourself because they're not going to come back to you. When you overcharge, when you don't stand behind your product, you are hurting yourself. It's not about getting money one time. It's about building relationships. All of these people that I built relationships with for buying my instructional cassettes, they became my customers for buying my curriculum when I released it sometime later. I had a base to go to of people who loved my philosophy, loved what I had to say, and therefore they trusted me enough to buy curriculum from me to teach in their classrooms. Now, let me tell you why God blessed me in that financially. It is because I didn't get up in the morning asking this question, God, how am I going to get a lot of money? How am I going to get a lot of money? I did get a lot more money than what normally ran through my hands, but I can tell you this, 
this money didn't all go to me. Very little of it went to me. In the beginning, I took no royalties. I didn't get paid for any of the stuff that I produced. It was my job that paid me. It was my traveling ministry where I got honorariums for going out and speaking. That's what paid my bills. These other things just built up the apparatus for me to continue to make product. So my thinking was not God. How can I get money? My thinking is, God, what do I have that will be a blessing to other people? When you begin to think like that, God can begin to give you ideas. In the beginning, you may not make that much money, but you'll begin a process that will eventually pay you dividends. My daughter Sally when she was in high school, loved to make dog sweaters. And Sally was the first of our children to grow up with the Internet. My older children did know about it, but they were much older when they discovered it. Sally knew about the Internet. She began to advertise dog sweaters for sale. And she had to have the dimensions for the dogs and so forth. And I marveled at how hard Sally worked to make these little dog sweaters. And she had to buy all the material, she had to get all of the dimensions, and she made hardly anything, if anything. I don't think she made a dime. But she learned how to do business on the web. And she learned the process for how to deliver a product to customers that they would like. In that sense, she was being paid back handsomely because she was being educated. Now, sometime later, she developed a whole new idea for a product. It's called Punch Needle. You can see her product at urbanacres.com. And she's done a marvelous job creating crafts for women who are so busy that they don't have time to invest in a lot of crafting. But she gives them something that they can do to decorate their homes and to relax in their spare time. And it's something that all started with her making those dog sweaters many years ago. And what I want you to see is when you take the approach, Lord, what do I have that can bless people? And you begin to make that available. When you create that kind of product, people will pay you and they will be glad to pay you, provided that you are offering things at a fair price. God uses product. Let me read this scripture again. And here it is in the book of Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 1. Dishonest scales are an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. God is absolutely delighted when we create things to sell to people that are a blessing to them. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below. And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below are going to MyFaithRoots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. 
So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.